Pick up your paintbrush. It's time for Hobby Support Group. Good morning, Andy. Morning, Tom. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. And yourself? I am very well. I've got some Diet Coke and some chocolate raisins to get me through the day. Oh, nice. I have a tankard of mixed berry summer squash. <sighs> Wild. Summer's hit. We've got summer berries for that summer sunshine. And it's raining outside just because it's obviously English summer, so that's good to know. So, in the great tradition, if life gives you lemons, make lemonade. We're going to be looking at doing some army list building. My, uh, my significant other, my, my love of my life, my partner has asked me to reduce my collection. And I'm going to do that. And I'm going to be do- making thousand point lists for bolt action um and putting the rest of them in storage it's not going forever just going to have a big a big sleep in storage for a little while we're going to turn that to content aren't we tom yes and we thought it would be a good opportunity to have a deeper dive into some bolt action content which is a game we both really love yeah not actually playing very much of at the minute as we're trying to play other games but we thought it would be a good opportunity to explore some of the armies in bolt action to also have a chat about them their rules but if you don't play bolt action hopefully some of this content will be applicable to any world war ii game but also just maybe making you think about your collections in general i can promise there will be a point where tom does read a list in this episode so don't worry folks if you want, are you going to read it in the in an American accent? Because looking at the US forces today, aren't we, Tom? As listeners probably know, I don't really do accents. I can barely do British. <laughs> we, we, we will not be doing accents. You can do accents if you like. You can. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll do an American accent, y'all. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Thinking of some conditions about when we're going to build this army list, I wanted to go uh, very generic with it so sort of more maybe a more late war than early wars that gives us more options theaters as well like the americans obviously fought in north africa fought in europe um over in in the pacific as well so there's a whole lot of options there and i've I'm, with this i also want to keep it sort of more generic in location as well have you got some thoughts there tom well i think of almost every army in bolt action I think the Americans are in one way the mo- can be the most generic. I th- I think they they can be, you know, the U.S. Army in, in Northwest Europe. You can do so many different things with the army without necessarily going into one specific style of play. Like the the, the rules that the army is written for don't dictate that you build one way or another way mm-hmm. they don't sort of have rules which benefit you know hordes of inexperienced or small veteran squads you can sort of free to build what you like the caveat i would say to that is the marines and these pacific theaters i think are very different and i think they are i would almost consider them a separate army because you Agreed, have, yeah. you have different you have vastly different equipment generally you have different types of troops and you have if you're trying to build a thematic or a historical list and the types of battles you're going to be fighting are very different so i i think i i would view them 
slightly separately. And for today, I've only looked at sort of North Africa and Western Europe. I haven't looked at the Pacific at all. Because like, yeah. I knew in your case, you've got US Army. Yeah rather than Marines. I don't know. And I mean, infantry did, the US infantry did fight um, uh, in the Pacific and it's sometimes it's forgotten, you know, compared to the Marines and so on. Um, but no, uh, not to disrespect those American infantry that did fight over in, in the Pacific. No, completely true. I think, you know, you and there are some of the, the, the New Guinea book and the, the, there are books in bolt action which, you know, vastly expand the role of the US Army in the Pacific and, you know, the Philippines and such. But it's something I haven't looked at today. Um, I would also say that I think probably for a new player looking to get into bolt action, I think the Americans are probably one of the best armies. Yeah, they are very flexible. They're, I would say they're a good army. Yeah, a very good army to use. Frankly. Yeah, I, you know, competitive, and you know the rules aren't hard to pick up. No, the rules are very simple. And in the most part, the rules are simply either a straight buff to your rifleman, which is always good, or incidental sort of like bonuses, like the air observer and the gyro stabilized tanks, which we'll get to, which help in certain situations, but don't push you down a specific route of like to benefit from this rule, you must form your entire army like it, such as around the armies which you know if you take four inexperienced squads you get a fifth one for free yeah because that really challenges you down a certain path of that build that maybe you don't want to have i mean this one i'd not to not to jump too far ahead but the rule is uh fire and maneuver which means you don't get the usual minus one penalty when moving and firing either a rifle or the uh, bar um brown automatic rifle um don't get the usual minus one for moving so that really scales up. If you get bigger, more men, it's it's still good. Whereas if you get a bonus to just one thing, if your army gets bigger, it doesn't necessarily increase the bonus. No, I, I'd say, I don't know if I explained that well. <laughs> I, I would say personally, I think that's I think it's the second best like national characteristic rule in the game. I think the Japanese free fanatic, I think, is far and away the best. But I think fire and maneuver is an amazingly good rule that is underappreciated. Yeah. Because just that hitting on a three rather than a four when you've moved is huge. It for me, and obviously I played a lot of Americans, it's that when you get to hitting on a six and then the extra minus one means a six then a six, you're gonna want a whole lot more sixes than sixes followed by sixes. Like the odds is just the jump from six followed by six from a six is just huge. One and six followed by one and six. It's just yeah. So it, there's lots of situations where it just just makes your firing just that much more effective. So definitely worth having. And I think for me also another point that makes the Americans a really good place to pick up if you're sort of want to give a go at playing some World War Two is the fact that so much media is from the American point of view. Yeah. Or or is focused on the American stories. You know, I, I imagine for the vast majority of people who are thinking about like a World War Two movie or TV series, they're still thinking of Saving Private Ryan and yeah. Vander Brothers. You know, they're both now well over twenty years old, but you know, Vander Brothers especially, there's enough in there to sort of base several armies of. 
and mm. you're not going to go a million miles wrong if you want to play historical you know saving private ryan you need to give a very squinty eyed look to get the accuracy in but i, I think I that's mean, yeah even if you were looking at something a bit more modern like uh fury you know you're, you're just going to have the one sherman tank taking on all those hair grenadiers you'd have to do a lot more uh it's kind of a very special scenario, let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. To try and, but you, you know, that's something you could do if you've got the time and you want to dedicate, you know, uh, when you've been playing the game a bit longer to, to work out something special. I think the rules themselves are also quite thematic, Tom. I think they, they work well, they, they do fit. So the, the rules themselves, the extra rules that they get, um, fire and maneuver we've already described, um, they don't get the minus ship because they just have so much ammunition, the Americans. Um, and there's the gyro-stabilised tanks. They did have gyro-stabilised, they were hard to use. So tanks, veteran tanks in the US Army uh, don't get a minus one to hit, which is great, if not a little expensive, because veteran tanks tend to be a bit pricey in bot action, don't they, Tom? Yeah, I, th- I think that is one of those rules that in very rare cases is useful, but in the most point, it's non-applicable because just the way that vehicles work in bolt action, because it's primarily an infantry game, generally veteran tanks aren't really worth it. And yes. you know, and the gyro, the gyro stabilization only applies to uh, like the main armament. Yeah. So it's either a howitzer or an anti-tank gun. And quite often, if you're playing, if you're using a howitzer, you're probably not moving very often anyway. Yeah. And it's just quite often not worth the bump up in points because that bump up in points can quite often be an extra unit. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you get to the point where if you're taking like a, a Pershing, like the really big tanks towards the end of the war, um, you're like, oh, well, I'm using a super heavy, so it would be worth to make sure I'm not going to miss. I'll take the gyro stabilization, the veteran level. Um, that's going to be a, a huge chunk of your points. I'm not, I'm just going to have a live, I'll get my rule book out, guys, for those at home that can't see me here with my book but a pershing let's find the pershing here we go there's a jackson so there's jackson tank destroyers here we go pershing heavy tank oh uh regular 395 veteran 484 so it's nearly 100 extra points now it is great that you get to all the usual veteran abilities of the no, morale 10 not to be sneezed at, um, and you get to ignore anything that wouldn't actually penetrate the hull when it hits you, like anti-tank rifles. And they are armor 10, which is a nice heavy tank. But um, I'm not sure it's worth an extra, extra 100 points. That's another unit, Tom. No, uh, I categorically would say it's not worth an extra 100 points yeah. for that one pip. And yeah, it's 100 points. That's 10 riflemen those 10 riflemen will do a lot more to yeah. assist you than that extra yeah. armor 10. I, I think maybe where the gyro stabilization comes in is some of the like more mid-war tanks. Maybe like, like something like, like a, a Stuart. Yep. Uh, do Stuarts have it or are they too early? We are already in the lists. Is exciting. I think 
And to be honest, in, in true quality fashion, things like the Lees, uh, you know, they have the gyro stabilized guns, but you can only take them in regular. You can't actually take them in veteran. So it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> that is brilliant. If you could, it would, but they don't. So you can't. Yeah. Um, Apart from the M3A5, Lee, that it, you can take that as a veteran, and that child, that's an extra 65 points, which possibly might be worth it because you then get, because you have the, the two guns then, which are stabilised, both the medium AT gun and the light AT gun. But again, they're not going to be doing a huge amount of work for you. Yeah, so Stuart's are gyro stabilised. And you can take them at veteran. So it's from, well, there you go. An M3A1 Stuart goes from 115 to 148 for veteran. That's a lot more affordable than 100 points. That's what's that? Quick, do some maps. Uh, 33? 33 points. So you, you're losing a chaplain, a chaplain or a medic. Yeah. But you're still only shooting a light AT gun in a very vulnerable tank. So even if you're taking it as a veteran, it can still be penetrated with a yeah. AT rifle, or someone shouts at it loudly. Angry words. Um, one of the biggest thing, one of the biggest rules I think that is forgotten, um, most forgotten rule for for Americans is they don't get the the minus one. Um, modern communications, they don't get the usual minus one penalty to. Um, when you take an order to move from reserve onto the table, they do not apply the usual minus one penalty. Is actually could be really useful. There's a few missions where you start off the board, um, so that could, that could be very helpful. I think it's a huge one, and I think it it negates the need for taking full size squads, which is one of those. It's a rule if you're in bolt action, you're taking up a maximum sized squad. Then they also negate that across the board yeah. when they're coming on and so it means you can maybe if you want to outflank that seven man squad you're not on the the minus two for coming in from reserve on the yeah. outflank it's just so much easier and then the the final special rule that they have which is again quite situational because you have to pay to really unlock it this is the only one which is like really I mean, well, I guess the, the gyro stabilizers, that's across different tanks. Um, this is the one with like that one specific unit. Which is the air superiority. If you take a forward air observer with the Americans, you can call in two airstrikes in theory. Now, airstrikes, as they work in bolt action, are cursed in that you called in the airstrike, you put down the marker one turn. From then on, you roll to see if it comes in. When it comes in, this then a chance that you blow yourself up. And every time I've played against an air observer, it's gone wrong for my opponent. Just like trying to rush into an end zone, you will always roll a one, <laughs> your air observer, uh, and blow up your own unit. It's just the way of the world. Um, but being able to use that unit twice, does mean you can blow up two units, Tom, two of your own units. That is a big advantage. It is a big advantage. And it, like when they work, they can be devastating. Yeah. Like Especially if you're able to like call one in 
like if one comes in on turn two while your opponent is still quite bunched up yeah. you have the ability to like delete a lot of dice in one turn and then being able to call it down again you know it can quite easily claim back its points yeah. However, I quite, oh, sorry Tom, carry on. Uh, but the other thing is if you pull, call it down in turn one and it actually you never roll for it to come in you don't get the benefit of calling in the second one yeah. or if the air observer is killed before he calls in the second one you've lost that rule but i mean that's always true for any observer you buy like the sniper shoots them before they get a chance yeah well it's, or it's mmg you know any unit that can be sniped out before they've done their, their job is well yes it's generally like if, if you've got an observer it's generally dice one turn one you call it. <laughs> yeah, you do. I mean, I like artillery observers and and air observers are less so normally because I think this is just not as good. Um, you know, the artillery observer, if you roll the worst, it deviates. But you roll a double one, you know, it could still be basically a target. But at least with the air observer, you can roll a one to end up targeting your own unit. So it can go a bit worse. Um, yeah. One thing about the observers is if you are starting a new army and you haven't quite got enough points yet, it's one dude. You can get 100 points for your, for your army just painting one guy up. So if you're trying to build an army quickly, that's a really good way for you new players out there to bulk up your army with you know, some extra points. It's just to paint an air observer or artillery observer for your army. Yep, and they are, they, they, they aren't 100%, they're in no way 100% reliable. But, but what is? But <laughs> they are, they do give you the option of dealing with armor. Yeah. And going right how am i going to take out an enemy tank i will use my air observer it, it gives you an option because something that the americans do struggle with slightly is anti-armor unless you're taking a dead taking anti-tank gun because the bazooka is not brilliant um, it's much better it's, than a pier as has not a pier <laughs> But then, yeah, a banana is probably better than a pier. Um, I put a banana at the tailpipe of my uh, <laughs> Panzer IV. But no, I think I would, especially as you just said there, Andy, that if you're like growing your army slowly, like putting an air observer in is a great way of, you know, it's 10% of your army. Yeah. Points. And it has the potential to kill anything in the game. Absolutely. Yeah. You basically get two air observers. It's not quite the same as the as the British getting like a free artillery observer, but that would be better. Yeah, you've kind of everything, can you? No, I I I would say, I think because of the how because of how the air observer how like an airstrike can be completely devastating. Mm -hmm. I think a free air observer would be a bit much, mm -hmm. whereas like an artillery strike you can kind of plan around it like it, it does when your opponent's got an artillery observer it does dictate how you set up and how you plan your army but you just sort of spread it out a bit more i mean i i like an artillery observer because i like the chaos i mean you can take the orcs from the boy if you can't take the orc from the boy can you you know i just like putting a counter down and going oh what's gonna happen when's it gonna come and sometimes it doesn't come down ever and sometimes it comes down and wipes out three veteran squads doesn't it tom yeah, sometimes it can really hurt. 
Especially if someone's like taking a major or something and then it just like <laughs> lands in the, it lands like perfectly centered on the major and then like takes out everyone that's within like the bubble of the major and just, oh dear. Lucky, lucky that's never happened to you. <laughs> so that, that's, that's, that's the idea of the basic rules. So I think, you know, um, when I'm building this list, we're going we're gonna to try and play to the strengths of that, of the infantryman and try and make it quite themed. Um, time zone wise, well, they don't turn up to 1942. So we, we're not, on this case, we're not going to do an early war. Spoilers, when we do the Polish, I think we will. <laughs> um, so a sort of a mid to late war list and, you know, not probably not Pacific theatre as well, just because, you know, we tend to do this just to be what I play is, is Europe. Um, and, just, and have a look at that thousand points. So. Is it time for us to have a look at our lists, Tom? I think it is. I think I'd just quickly point out that really, apart from your, the exactly how you base them, you can, I think, pretty much use the same figures for anything, really, from yeah. like Operation Torch to like, you know, crossing the Rhine. Apart from how you base, how you base them is going to yeah. be slightly different. Hey, you know, you can get those clear bases these days, so. Yeah, stick them on clear ones and you could use them anywhere. Or let's leave the black plastic, you know, or grey plastic. We would, um, I, I never would. But. I think I think just just one other quick rule to mention that isn't actually a special rule. It's mm -hmm. not one of the special rules, but it's a different a rule that's different for the Americans. Is that you're allowed to take up to three machine gun teams, whereas yes. most nations are limited to a single machine gun team. I mean, so, that 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 was definitely a consideration because a whole different machine gun doctrine. They didn't put LMGs or MMGs or whatever in their in their squads. They had separate units that were just the MMG. So that is actually really thematic for the army. Yes, it's just unfortunately in bolt action, they're not a particularly good unit. Whereas games like Chain of Command and things, they are worth their weight in gold. So you probably want to have at least one in your collection, not necessarily three. Um, so there's two my, men who have both, I know, who have both got at least seven or eight medium machine gun teams between. I mean, the I've pair got of three. Them. I've got three medium machine gun teams for Americans, just so I can take them if I need to take them. Um, and I think I've also got fun. a couple of redeploying ones as well. I wish you could take three medium machine guns and the heavy machine gun team, and like have just like four. <laughs> just guns, just going. But, um, take two platoons, take six. Oh, <laughs> watch, watch the enemy snipers. Like, I can't shoot them all. I can't snipe all these MMGs. I've run out of ammo. Um, there will be a point in the future when we talk about another army, and I will say to you, this is one time it's okay to take an MMG, but I'm not going to tell you now. You have to listen. Listen at home, kids, and work out and find out when that is. But it's not this army. So I have come up with an army list here that I have printed out in front of me that's like my generic list. I don't know. Tom, do you want to tell me your list? I made what I think is a good generic list in regard to the rules. And if I was if if I wanted just like a pickup army, what I think is a good pickup army list. Yeah. I also made what I think is a thematic list. And then I made what I would want to play. So I know that's a lot of lists. That's fine. You, you did so, reference. 
I, I've just done the one list, which I think is slightly themed, what I'd like to play, and a bit generic. So I've kind of done those three in one. So here's what I picked for my army. I'm, I'm odd in that I actually quite like to take a first lieutenant if I can. I think it's just, I think it's better than the second lieutenant. Though I know they are more expensive, and quite often when I'm making an army list, I'll have to uh, drop down to a second lieutenant. But um, I like to start off a first lieutenant with a buddy. Um, it's just my play style. That's what I prefer. Oh, but that snap to action, you can just call a few more people in to, to join in, and the amount of shots you can put out for the Americans is, is you know, quite uh, quite a lot. Um, I've taken four infantry squads, and I like to, maybe it's just a, a play with me. I like to keep them all the same, like all squads to be the same. So I've got four squads of eight infantry with two BARs in uh, each squad. I didn't want to go crazy and go late war where you can have three BARs because I think that's just being a bit too gamey, really, for my liking. But I think two BARs is, is the sweet spot. Gives it extra range, extra shot. I, I think BARs are fantastic. And you're not losing a guy to get the extra shots like you do with an LMG. I went to a tournament and I used my uh, Germans with LMGs and the guy I was playing went, wow, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm taking the guy off for... Um, taking a shot away for the guy that's helping load the LMG. And he went, I have never seen anyone play that before. And I went, but that's the rules. And he went, I know, i just never seen it before. <laughs> I was like, oh, am I the only one who actually plays the rules properly for LMGs? I guess I am. Um, then I took, I took an, um, uh, an air observer as well. I thought, let's go thematic. Let's take that air observer, use that special rule. Um, I've suffered at the hands of air observers before they've come in, just taken out my howitzer, turn two, didn't like it very much. So, you know, I know they can be devastating, but I look forward to them blowing up my own guys as well. Got to take a medium mortar. Uh, I would take a heavy mortar if I could, but I can't, so I'll take a medium mortar with a spotter. Um, snipers, I do like snipers, um, even if I always roll a one or a two when I'm trying to shoot with them. Flamethrower team, there's anti-tank. Um, the range isn't great, but you know people are scared of flamethrowers, and I have killed a tank of a flamethrower in the past. Had to I think they're, little, the, they're the best anti-tank. Yeah, a little jog and a little shoot from the the flamethrower. I've, I've taken tanks out in the past. Was it your tank I killed? Or was it John's? I can't remember. I killed a flamethrower. Um, have taken a bazooka team again. Bazookas are so thematically American. I think you kind of have to take one, and. You know, they are okay. They are good. Um, going to take a medium howitzer because um, every army I have, <laughs> I can take one in. I take one in because they're so good. And then we get to tanks, Tom. What tanks do you take? Well, I went for uh, an M4 with a 105mm howitzer. Um, yeah, it's got easily catches fire. It's got thin sides. But, um, and you can, I think you can pay kindly to take those away if you want to. Hang on. I'm looking in my book. Here we are. Uh, heavy mortar. I'm going to find the tanks. There's the M4. M4. You can't actually pay to, you can't pay to upgrade it. Can you not? Some you can. Not the M4. I guess that's why I haven't. You can take the M4, A4 which is 20 points more expensive, which doesn't have the thin sides. Yeah. 
but I haven't. Uh, and that comes out to a thousand points. Most of the time, my Sherman just blow up in balls of fire anyway. And I've, I've never really done anything too astounding with my Shermans. They tend to, it's just nice to give your opponent something to use their anti tank against. They spent all that point on anti tank, so you might as well give them something that at least explodes in a ball of fire. Yep. Um, my so army. Sorry? So I was say, so I've gone for lots of infantry to really maximize um, that maneuver and fire rule. I think in lots of troops haven't gone for veterans. Um, I know people like veterans, but can you even take veteran? Uh, you can't take this veteran, I don't, can you? On, on the M4 Sherman? No, uh, troops, infantry. Yeah, you can't take veterans. You can just take the generic veteran infantry. Uh, regular infantry. Regular infantry, late war. They might be in addition to one of the later books that Engineer aren't. squad can be veteran. Paratroopers are veteran. Rangers are veterans. You have to take something a bit more special. I mean, obviously, I would like, I'd love to take some US Airborne Pathfinders because they are cool. But um, again, I just kept to like basic troops. I feel that's really just like lots of men in green uniforms advancing with Sherman and bazookas and like. That's kind of feels American to me. Yeah, I think actually the the list that I came up for, like my generic American list, is incredibly similar. Really, I went with a veteran second lieutenant and a mate. I then went with two veteran squads, each of seven dudes, two BARs, and the NCO with the machine gun. Just submachine gun, just because I. I like seven man squads or nine man squads. Yeah. I wanted the two BARs and I had six points left over. So yeah. it made sense for that. I've then got another veteran squad, which has got an NCO with a submachine gun, three infantry with submachine guns, two BARs, and then three other riflemen. So that's like a full size squad. The idea that they're going to be moving up the board, they're my objective takers. Yeah. Then I've got a regular engineer squad, three dudes with rifles, uh, NCO with a submachine gun, another dude with a submachine gun, then two guys with BARs and a flamethrower. Because I, I prefer engineer squads to flamethrower teams. Then got medium mortar with a spotter, a bazooka team, medium howitzer regular with a spotter and a gun shield. Yeah. Also taken the M4 Sherman. Then taken a Jeep. With a. Just a, a standard Jeep. And a one and a half ton truck with a pin on mounted MMG. Yeah. But the bazooka team goes in the Jeep. Yeah. The engineer squad can go in the truck if I want. And all just one of the other squads a bit more firepower. Bit of transport options, you know, the bazooka team, the bazooka team jump out, outflank, jump out the jeep, blow up the rear of whatever tank they're going to go in, yeah. and sort of away they go. Um, I took the Sherman because I think if you're playing an American list, really, you should have a Sherman in. If you're playing a thematic list, yeah, like there are better ways of getting a medium howitzer in the army than taking an M4 Sherman, yeah, but. 
that Sherman, it gives you something to do with it. So that was mine. I mean, you can't, you know, when you think of the super big tanks, you do really think of, of Germans. You can take a Pershing, but I, I've never been one for um, throwing all my points into a big tank. And I think it's something iconic about the Sherman. It's just when I when I close my eyes and think of a tank, I think of a Sherman tank. And that's why I always take one in my army list for, for better or worse. When I take my Americans, I take it. Even though I've got all the Stuarts and all the other funky tanks. <laughs> I still always end up just taking the Sherman because I'm just like, well, I, I would want to see a Sherman tank. Yeah. There's some other really good options. There's that truck that has like the four... Uh, is it four medium machine guns on the back of it? It's absolutely, was it auto cannons? Absolutely, Jeez, yeah, the meat chopper. Yeah, um, it's horrible. But I, I think, like, I'm going to go through like, the, the the armor list that I would actually play, which I think it's the, it's a Operation Torch sort of Tunisia themed mm-hmm. sort of invasion of Morocco sort of themed army, roughly. Um, so this comes at 995 points. It's got 14 order dice. Um, got a second lieutenant and a buddy who's regular. Two regular seven-man infantry squads, just with one BAR and the NCOs. Got a submachine gun in each one. Got a veterinaire observer with a buddy. Got a regular engineer squad. Again, three guys with rifles two guys with submachine guns, two BARs, and a flamethrower. And then another seven-man regular infantry squad, five guys with rifles, NCO with a submachine gun, and a BAR. Then got two regular medium machine guns teams, a medium mortar with a spotter, a bazooka, which is... Like they did have bazookas Operation Torch, but they were so mm-hmm. pathetic they didn't there was not a single confirmed tank yeah. kill with a bazooka. Yeah. Um so that's slightly iffy. Then I've got a medium howitzer swatter gun shield. Got a armored car Jeep, so it's just a Jeep with no transport capacity and a pintle mounted MMG. Yeah. Then I'm taking the M3105, which is a half tra- open-topped half-track with a medium howitzer in, which is 120 points, and it's what I would always take over the Sherman because it's 50 point, 55 points cheaper. You're losing one point of armor, yeah, and it's open-topped, and then just taking it another transport jeep for the bazooka team, yeah. Um, I think that for me is a more, a, a slightly more, it's not as technically as good an army because you've got the machine gun teams and you've got the air observer, but you've got the how it's, you know, you've got a lot of HE, you've got quite a few bods on the board and they're all regulars. Like I didn't use the Operation Torch theatre selector from the book because I strongly dislike playing inexperienced troops. Yeah. Unless you've got like a, a political officer or a commissar link to make them work. And so I figured I get playing smaller regular squads still gives you that. You still handicap because like you can only take the one BAR 
and that sort of thing. And it's just I don't like playing in experience with that minus one to hit and them being super easy to kill. Yeah, I've never. I mean, they're great if no one's shooting them because <laughs> you know they're there and they're not. It's just I just don't. I just don't think I've never liked them. Yeah, or you've got like several veteran squads and then a couple of inexperienced squads, which is how I've used them quite successfully. Is right, these can just sit, go down on my objective the whole game and they don't have to do anything. But when you've only got inexperienced troops and you need them to do something and you go, oh, they've got two pins on them, they're not doing anything this turn uh, or the rest of the game, you're sort of a little bit snookered. Yeah, um, yeah sure. But I, I think it's what's I think is is interesting is like between those like the two lists that I've just read there, that they, they like give you a very different play style in a way. But the only difference really is like swapping out three BAR gunners for riflemen. Yeah. A couple of extra like dropping a couple of submachine guns for riflemen, and changing a Sherman for M3 half track, and you could quite as easily. Like especially in like a pickup game, you could use something like a, a a priest or anything like that instead of the half tracked 105. So I think like you know like I I've played enough games with my Germans where like a grill has represented like a Lorraine Schlepper or a Westport whatever. I think you know if you go into a tournament it's slightly different, but you just want a pickup game and you go right. This is a open top to salt gun. Count it as pretty much. I mean, I've always played a Sherman. Could be any of the Sherman types. I'm not going to go. That's not a jumbo. That arm at the front isn't right there. Hang on, let me check. Is that is it riveted or is it cast hull? You know, I don't. I, I I'm not too fast. You know. Yeah, you, you got to be a bit of a stickler to go. Like, are they American or British turrets on the top of that Lee, or is it a Grant? It's you know, it's you've got to know your tanks to quite a bit of detail before you sort of get well actually you'll find you've got an American side turret and a British top turret. <laughs> that is <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're removing your buttons. You're no longer Oh not the debuttoning at the club. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, they cut your buttons off and they send you out of the club because yet you painted the buttons the wrong colour brows. Um do you have one more list, Tom? I did. I will just pull that up. A Operation Cowboy list. Oh, nice. Which for people who don't know, it was a US-led mission to rescue the horses from the Spanish Riding School. Yeah. And it's uh, no secret that I quite like cavalry. So this is... Where's this come from, Tom? It's all of a sudden. <laughs> and this is... It, it's the sort of thing that you would imagine comes from like an action comic cartoon strip in that because you end up having like the US Army. There's the US Cavalry. Yeah. That's cavalry. When, the, the, when the Germans approached the Germans approached the Americans to rescue the horses from the SS. Yeah. <laughs> Weird so, story. So you, you have like German Grenadiers, US Cavalry, a Cossack Prince, liberated British and Polish POWs and some random people from a, a local work camp fighting the SS to rescue a bunch of horses. It's quite cool, quite yeah. interesting. 
Um, so this is the list I came uh, The reason they were, um, for some reason, the stallions and the mares were kept separate. Now, all the mares had already been lost, hadn't they? Um, like, just disappeared, you know, eaten probably by someone at some point, desperate for food. Um, and they were concerned that if the SS fell back, they were going to take the horses with them or just kill the horses or, you know, use them to pull limbers or something. And these horses uh, were thoroughbred horses that have been bred since sort of medieval times hadn't they Tom? Yeah it was also to like stop the SS killing them and then to prevent the Red Army from nicking them as well so it, it was a double whammy which is how you end up having the exiled Cossack cavalry prince there as well with some white Russian so this one anyway, anyway you've learned something there guys yeah regular second lieutenant with a buddy Three regular late war infantry squads, uh, like NCO and five dudes with rifles, two BARs. Then I got a veteran engineer squad with just five guys with rifles, NCO with a submachine gun, one like a flamethrower. And in this, I would use for the veterans to make it easier to differentiate these, I would use some Germans. Four. They're the Germans. They're, you know, it's 1945. If they're alive, they're probably quite veteran by this point. Got a medium mortar with a spotter, an M8 Greyhound, and an M7 Priest. Now, yeah. if you're doing this, you have the choice of you can either take an M7 Priest, which is a self-propelled gun, or you can take a Chaffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took the priest because I happen to know that you've got a priest in your collection and I don't think you've got a chaffee. <laughs> I haven't. I would love a chaffee. I, oh, who doesn't love a chaffee? Um, but I, don't, I have a priest, that's but, for sure. Uh, like the Order of Battle, but you can read it, that they had those both around. And then I've taken four one and a half ton trucks, each with an MMG, because this was a, you know, almost like behind the lines dash with a load of men who can fit in the trucks to grab everyone and go and then they put the horses in the trucks and drove back so four trucks mmgs four infantry squads a couple of guns i think this would be a really fun list to play it does sound fun and you can it, it's it's a fun list to play it's a, it's one of those armies where you can talk about it with your opponent with the story and go this is something real and I think apart from the trucks, which are obviously an expense and a model that you have to have, but I think if you'd maybe like bought the starter set or you have like, say, a few hundred, 500 points of Americans and some Germans, you could quite easily combine the two into this one army and, and actually you, you could build it up a thousand point army yeah. with, well, you don't necessarily have to use all four American trucks. If you've got two American trucks, or you could even have like you know, a British truck, a couple of American trucks, and a German truck. Yeah. And go well. These are just the trucks that they had lying around. Away you go. You know, you could maybe even you could drop a a, a squad of British or Polish or whatever you've got in there to build them up. It's it's what. And you just, you just use the American rules for them. It's just a token. Models are just tokens at the end of the day. So just use the American rules. Yeah. But just use German models. Yeah. For and, the German bits. For the German bits, and it's it's purely historical, and I'm pretty sure, like every opponent you played, and you just explained, this is what I'm playing, this is what happened, because there's only like there's two cases 
of where like the Americans for well the Allies in general fought with the Germans. There's this case in uh, or Czechoslovakia and there's a case of like a castle in northern Italy, I think. Name I've forgotten. Um, so I, I think it's you know, a cool project. Gets your models on the table and actually I think it would also actually be quite a good fun army to play and probably be quite good. Yeah, that'd be fun to take to a tournament. Yeah, no, it's, it's one of those. And I, I think you could probably, you know, you can maybe go, oh, one of the, the, the rightful squads, I think, is, is being led by the Cossack Prince. So, you know, you can have like a squad of Cossacks on foot and you just, you, know, you differentiate them all. Because I guess it gives you a modelling opportunity as well if you really want to, you know, really yeah. go to town with this, you can do. Yeah, you know, if you want to go, well, this is like one of the trucks that's been converted to hold. It's an impromptu horse box that's been converted from an army truck in an afternoon. How do you go? Go and look for the right scale horse box, Tom, I think is what you're saying, isn't it? Um, no, th th this is the kind of thing that sort of like really appeals to me. You know, it's, oh, yeah, it's totally. weird. It's historic, but there's also there's enough fundamentals in there that you could take it to a tournament and you wouldn't just be a walkover. It's yeah. not like, oh, this is the like rear echelon cooks battalion who have got like a sharpened stick and a spoon between them. Yeah. You've actually still got like enough punch in there to pretty much take on anyone. And you're not just being gamey by point. I suppose like the only gamey thing really in there is the engineer flamethrower team. Mm -hmm. But I think, as you said, with yours, you know, flamethrowers are so good. They are, and fundamentally, you're playing a game when nobody just wants to take a list that is auto going to lose. And flamethrowers will check. Flamethrowers make everybody wary of them. Um, so they, you should. It's a top tip, kids. Um, be scared of be scared of flamethrowers. That's just good advice. Just take them out if you can. Yeah, and the, the, there are things in here which like aren't brilliant because of the historical accuracy, like the Greyhound, you know, it's not a brilliant armoured car. You know, most of the time it's just a, an expensive Do you take machine. it with the, um, do you take, is it, there's options there, like the MMG or a light uh, anti-tank? It, it's got the, it's got the light anti-tank with the coaxial MMG. Yeah. And I paid for the upgrade of the pintle mount HMG. Yeah. Because, because as it's open topped anyway. Yeah. You might as well take the HMG. Yeah, of course. And like a HMG's quite good at taking out trucks and stuff. And you can fire both, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. You, so so you like double the firepower for one unit. Whereas yeah. before, because coaxial, you can only fire one, but if it's spindle, then you can fire both. Yeah. So like, and probably most of the time, you're going to be firing the medium machine gun and the heavy machine gun. Heavy machine like, gun. And don't, you know, when you're shooting veterans, I'll tell you what, the, the HMG is surprisingly effective. Yes. Uh, like it's, it's only three shots, but three shots hitting on, killing on fours is not to be sniffed at. Yeah. You know, it's, it's much better than the one shot with the light and tank gun. Sure. But yeah, so, so they're my lists. Uh, I think, also, again, really, though, very little difference in the actual models that you're going to be running yeah. and you know again what we've got in that we've got some more trucks in a greyhound 
probably a greyhound is probably something that a lot of people have got in their collections because I mean, they're I've got a greyhound because they're just one of those iconic models yeah um uh, so from those three lists I've read out there and anything that you thought maybe I mean you know I I do think maybe I should be taking an engineer's school but I've never really taken engineers oh sorry that's all right Maybe I should be taking engineers, but I've never really taken engineer squads. I always think it's a bit, I just, I don't know. Hiding a flamethrower in a squad of men just seems unsporting <laughs> to me. Doesn't seem sporting, our chap, to put a flamethrower in a squad, so it's harder to kill. Um, and maybe I should be putting my bazooka guys in a jeep. So I might have a little tinker around, but um, and maybe taking the, so I do like the priest, but it, it would mean dropping the, the Sherman is the only thing. And... I do, I just think, because the Sherman is so iconic, even if it maybe isn't as good, you know, points efficient wise, but I think, yeah, keep keep the Sherman for sure. Now, I, I think the Sherman is, is just such an iconic thing, really, yeah. for the Americans. And also, having it in there, it, you can play different Shermans with it if you want to. You can go, well, this is a jumbo, this is, the, you just swap out, you know, you can play around with the points even of your collection a little bit, but yeah. you make it a better Sherman. Just drop a couple of riflemen or something. Um, well, that's a good point as well as that. I, I can always change squads to being veteran rather than regular, and suddenly, you know, I've got a different army, but I've just reduced the model count. So I'm not adding anything in. Yeah. There are a thousand points of regular troops. I can play as veteran, but, you know. Yeah, like, I, I, I'm personally a huge fan of the engineer squad. Because for me, they're, they're dual purpose. They work both as a flamethrower delivery system. Yeah. But then, like, if your flamethrower is killed, you know, they're quite often sniped, or it runs out of fuel, you've yeah. then still got a core body of dudes who can take an objective, hold an objective, and it's why I quite often kit them out with SMGs and stuff. Yeah. They're like, you know, they're a great thing of outflanking onto an objective near the end of the game no matter what units on there that's gone down you hit them with a flamethrower and three or four smgs they're gonna have a bad day i mean i think of uh the flamethrower is quite good as a defensive weapon for exactly the same reason if you've got a flamethrower team on an objective it's like do you want to come close to this flamethrower on the objective you got to claim the objective you're going to come in range of my flamethrower yeah and i'm personally a fan of the jeep for the bazooka yeah because again even though the bazooka's got a 24 inch range it's relatively easy with a tank to sort of, if you've got a bazooka team on foot yeah you can sort of play around it or at least always keep it at long range yeah. and then once you've got that it's at long range it's at the minus one to hit because it's at long range now if, you, if you've got like armor nine you're not particularly terrified of like a straight up five up in the front armor yeah. whereas you know if you're armor seven in the rear and you know because you've got nine up and then someone hits you a point blank because they've jumped out of a jeep you're like oh dear <laughs> uh, and also that's, that's when they roll a one isn't it as i recall yeah but the other thing i like about jeeps as well is they're really cheap order dice yeah and a, a veteran jeep outflanking with your regular bazooka team in it's quite nice to sort of jump out and ruin someone's day <laughs> well you're talking to a guy who's never um never taken a, a, a regular horse 
<laughs> in an army list for a tournament. Why have you taken a horse? Well, it's an extra order dice that eight, eight points left over. So there we go. Let's get a horse. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, I, it's the toe for the gun. It's thematic. Leave me alone. <laughs> I think uh, like we, we, we've both chosen lists just using primarily units from the armies of the United States yeah. book. I think like maybe the veteran infantry squads that are in my first one are from a different book. I, just I think it's one of the extra. The, I think it's one of the extra units they had in the FAQ and the PDF. Um, yeah. Because a unit neither of us have spoken of added to our lists, but is probably one of the best American units. Can I guess? Can I guess, Tom? Is, I it, think so. is it the is it the twin bazooka jeep? It is the twin bazooka jeep. Um, I, I love it, but it's dirty. <laughs> which is is an armored car and is probably the best anti-tank like the best tank killer in the game yeah man. It's, it's its name is as you probably guess it's a jeep with two bazookas mounted onto it so I mean, it got... looks like an orc has built it because it's just <laughs> two bazookas on a stick on the back of a jeep strapped together you think does that really exist but uh, it really did you can see the you can go see the find the pictures online yeah, and two shots, five up pen is going to ruin most people's days. Yeah, man. So Wizna, has, has he got recce as well and stuff? I can't remember. It's just like plus one armor on the front and stuff. It's and it's it, it's tiny, so you can yeah. hide it behind a particularly, you know, robust gnarly, gnarly hedge. <laughs> yeah, you know, you sort of zip it out, blow something up, take it back. I mean, I've and, experienced with like my TKS tank get from my Polish. It's so low and so small. It can drive behind like walls that other troops have either seen them over. So you just drive along this particularly low wall and just come out and use your autocannon on something. So it'd be a similar sort of thing with the Jeep as well. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's great. I suppose the flip side of that is like, oh, we cannot see the guys over the wall because they're, they're, this wall is waist height. We've got no line of sight to them. So we now need to advance into a position. That's true. If you can't but, see them, they can't see you. But if it's a fully tracked vehicle, it can probably just go straight through the wall. I don't know if tankettes have that rule. That's something to look up. It is a very yeah. silly rule that, that how the tanked vehicles can just destroy walls. Because I know at the GT tournament one year when I was playing uh, against a Indian Army tank platoon and I was the defender in a castle, my opponent just put uh, like a tank on the corner, he lined up his tanks at the corner of each wall and then just drove them along and removed the walls, which just disappeared. <laughs> I what like, walls? I was like, this is slightly stupid that I'm in defending some huge crusader castle and he just removed the walls by driving lengthways along them, which was as written this... works. But I imagine if you tried to knock a castle down, the castle would fall on the tank. Um, you know. Yeah, I, I don't think it really, I don't think you can really just drive a tank like along a castle wall and the wall just falls into some pocket dimension and disappears so that you, you, you don't even, you don't even have like the cover of the Well, rubble. the tanks have a hoover on the back for sucking up all the fallen debris, obviously. Yeah, some sort of weird bag of holding. You know, you, this wall is gone. Anyway, sour grapes from that event. Game. Not simulation. <laughs> Game, not simulation. 
but you're right, silly. So, uh, would you have any other points about like hobbying for people who might want to jump into the Americans? I mean, painting wise, they're, they're a really good army to start with. The uniforms are easy, you haven't got to do camouflage. They use the same paint for everything, you know, the olive drab, just the tanks, everything. Yeah, just like they slap that paint everywhere. So it's like it's, you know, there's real easy uh, painting opportunity. There's some really iconic battles, you know, Baston and uh, Iwo Jima and, you know, Normandy, the D-Day landings, you know. Um, you know, you take your pick and you can theme around them easily. I mean, we have specifically not chosen any of the campaign books to choose our lists to make it as accessible as possible for people to like, for following this to, to build their own lists as well as we go through it. Um, you know, have a look. There's, there's lots of, you know, classic battles to classic most of the to lots of famous battles to choose from um, for the Americans. So, you know, just have a look and. Um, yeah, so it really I, takes you fancy. I, th I think from the hobbyist point of view, I think there was like an absolute, like I think there's an amazing range of miniatures out there. So many people make American Rangers, and like for those specific battles, like if you want like a Bastone, you know, frozen in the winter, you've got plenty of like great coat Americans. Wall will do yeah. quite a nice range of them. You know, the Perrys do a really nice kit of like early. War Americans in the Western Desert, you know, Operation Torch, you, you've got them sorted for there. You know, or pretty much every company does a range of Americans. They're really nice. You know, you'll quickly get used to how everything is an M3, whatever it is. My M3 hat, my M3 knife, my M3 intention tool, my M3 guns. I think they're one of those armies which is very simple to paint, but you can also like make them really nice. Steve put up and painted up a posted some oh, pictures yeah. in of his tank destroyer platoon which how you can just make olive drab look amazing i mean you got you got hellcats you got wolverines there's so many uh, great um american tanks to choose from like uh, obviously i i enjoy painting the german tanks there's so many to choose from but the american tanks they're they're really nice as well yeah i think probably maybe the americans have like one of the larger Tank, like obviously they don't have anywhere near like the Germans do. And Who does? Nobody should or ever would because you know it's a textbook example of not what to do. Yeah. Um. But you no, know, they, they they do have, despite a million variations of Sherman and Lisa Grant, there is quite a a range of tanks and there is a tank to fit sort of every need. Yeah. If you want the Armor Seven assault gun, there you go. If you want the super heavy assault tank there you go you, know, you, you can pick and choose a tank for like how you like to play your vehicles and the same with armored cars they have a relatively decent range of armored cars not quite as good as a british one but not bad and again nothing like the germans but yeah so yeah i will um i'm gonna i'm gonna finish up my list tom and i'm gonna i'll pop that on the group so you can have a look at that and no, I'd love to hear people's thoughts on what I finally choose for this list. I, I don't think it's going to be very different from what I've already read to you guys. Maybe I'll find those points for that Jeep for my bazooka. Drop down from a first to a second left hand and finally. <laughs>
But um, you know, I hope this has been useful. If you want us to do more, let us know. If you thought this is awful and they want to see us do this again, uh, and there definitely wasn't enough lists read out, I understand. Then do let us know. Yeah, I think if if we do more of them, the plan is to probably do one sort of every couple of months or so. So we we won't just bombard you with. Today we are doing the Commonwealth. Today we are doing lend lease Russians. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. Three years time. It's like, hello, listeners. This week we are doing the Royal Danish Army. Let's go. <laughs> spoilers, Tom. They're on my. I found them when I moved my Danes. You know, the greatest of all bolt action armies. So, anyway, thank you very much, listeners. For, and we'll thank you very speak much. to you all soon. Take care, Goodbye. everyone. Cheers. Bye.